You're listening to Song Exploder, where musicians take apart their songs and piece by piece tell the story of how they were made. My name is Tao Nguyen. Mumford & Sons are a Grammy-winning band that formed in London in 2007. They've put out four albums and sold millions of copies. Their last three albums have all debuted at number one on the Billboard charts. The most recent of those albums is Delta, which came out in November 2018. The band is made up of Marcus Mumford, Ben Lovett, Winston Marshall, and Ted Duane. And in this episode, Marcus and Ben break down a song from Delta called Beloved. You'll hear how the song went from Marcus's original raw voice memo to the intricate finished track. Before you leave, you must know you are beloved. I'm Ben Lovett, and I principally play the keys in uh, Mumford & Sons. My name is Marcus. I also play Mumford & Sons. I sing, and primarily I'm a drummer, but I also try and fake it on the guitar. The way that we have done things historically with the band is songs could come from any four of us. And Beloved was one of Marcus's. I started it in October 2017 down at my studio in Devon, which is in the countryside in England. And I just bought a Hammond C3 organ. And I love new instruments because most of the time, if you bought a new instrument, you tend to write a song on it straight away. And that happened with this organ. I turned the organ up as loud as I could go and I just started playing on it. Generally, I try and capture what I'm messing around with on a voice memo. I was on my own, and I opened the doors, it was quite a sunny day, and you just see fields, you just see grass. It's quite an emotive sound for me. It's a sound I grew up hearing, and a couple weeks before, I was hanging out with my grandma who was dying, and so I was kind of thinking about that a lot and started writing that initial chorus idea. I didn't complete it lyrically till she died, but that's where the song came from. The next day, I did the first demo of it. That form was just organ, banjo, and acoustic guitar. I was just capturing an idea and playing these chords. And then I took it into the lads. Marcus sent it over on email, and I remember thinking that it felt important and it was moving, you know, that just those really simple things. It's funny, we, we've sent each other so many demos over the years, and sometimes we send each other stuff that just doesn't sound important, and it can sound good without sounding important. Those are different things, but this song uh, had a weight to it. When it came in, it was kind of two-step rhythm, which has become the starting place for a lot of the songs I write. And there was a song in it that we all recognized that was worth pursuing, but sonically it wasn't very interesting. And a lot of this, we kind of have to tip our hats to what a process it was working with Paul Epworth, because in hindsight, the direction that it went in, Paul heard immediately. Paul Epworth is a producer who's won an Oscar and multiple Grammys for his work with Adele. 
He's also worked with Paul McCartney, U2, and Lord. And in 2012, he won the Grammy for Producer of the Year. We had a session with Paul in December. It was like out the gate, and he couldn't even quite articulate it. He was there just running around the studio. And basically what he managed to communicate was on the basis of talking about this Reich-esque rolling piano type thing. Like six pianos by Steve Reich. Six Pianos is a piece from 1973 by composer Steve Reich, who's one of the pioneers of American minimal music. It's a real touchpoint, bizarre touchpoint from Mumford & Sons, but it was there. And that's what he heard when he heard the demo. It's that kind of mantra stuff that never lands. It's always moving on to the next bit. That kind of triggered some thoughts, and we just started messing around with some stuff. It was about layering this kind of intertwining rhythm. It's three pianos on top of each other. And they all stay doing what they do throughout the whole song. So the dynamics created by these like single parts that are built and then taken away again. It's an entirely unplayable piano part by anyone. So Ben put down that piano part, which completely changed the rhythm of the song. And then Winston put down the banjo, which was so unlike what I was expecting. This like rhythmical, mantric banjo. So the repetitive rhythm of the guitar was replaced by this intertwining rhythm between the piano and the banjo. And those two things completely changed the texture of the song. Paul's studio, this wooden floored room. It's the noisiest recording studio you've ever seen. Like all the floorboards squeak. And then you're using the most precise microphones in the world to pick up every foot squeak. And Ted, Ted's very fidgety. And he was fidgeting just before we started the take, tapping on his electric bass strings while they were muted and stomping his foot at the same time. We then chopped that up and looped, and that became part of the rhythm track. Paul had just come fresh off the back of doing a lot of hip hop and taking some inspiration from hip hop producers. And it's basically like sampling. It's like using a sample of something live played in a room by a musician and then cut it up put through different reverbs, mute it, and then bring it back in. We did it a lot because it makes you go, oh, that texture has been in since the top. I just didn't really notice it. And then you notice it, and then it's taken away and replaced with something else. Like a live drum kit. It's really distorted. We used quite a violent compressor. And alongside that live drum kit, we use the Mini Moog synth. If you get it into a certain mode, you can use it as basically a drum kit, but it sounds pretty weird in 80s. I think there's a youthful lack of thought 
to this record? It was youthful in its kind of innocence and we're just playing music in a room and then falling in love with particular moments. And a lot of that came from improvisation. Just trying something out and really like asking questions musically, sometimes not even a completed thought. Oh, it's the DX, oh sick. That DX is a beast of an instrument. It probably weighs like 150 pounds. It's like 35 years old, this one that's in Paul's studio. And it's unique because apart from having these analog synth sounds to it, it's also entirely touch sensitive. It's like you can lean into the note and you get more out of it. That was really fun because it just means there's a new thing to explore there. And I've heard Paul say it like 20 times. He'd never heard it like the way Ben played it. He said, in Ben's hands, it sounds like a different instrument to the one that he was familiar with. I think he just kind of had a love affair with that instrument. We certainly used different techniques on this record than we had before, and it was really fun to do so. You're hearing a lexicon harmonizer called the Voice Live. And it's a new toy that we started playing around with. Sword made famous by Kanye and Bon We tried that in the first session we did with Paul. And actually, we ended up using it for demoing quite a lot and then sound replacing what the Harmony Engine had come up with, with real voices. Before you leave you must know you are beloved. We were getting a bit used to just singing one, three, and five harmonies on everything and stacking them. But using a harmony engine to fabricate harmonies would make us find like the seventh that we'd never really normally sing or weirder harmonies. That's Yeba, who we were all big fans of. She came to the studio and she sang on that. And she's a powerhouse, man. She's got pipes for days. She stacked up like eight parts for the ending. We're used to doing a lot of takes, but the first demo vocal we did in London ended up being the verse vocal. Enthroned in white grandeur, but tired. I lose objectivity very quickly on vocal takes. Don't really know when it's getting too sentimental or a bit melodramatic or not putting enough of a shift in or if I'm getting lazy and, and feel like, oh, that'll do. But... Paul changed my attitude towards singing by encouraging me. It's really simple. He'd just be like, try singing it really quietly. And shift a whisper of wayward silver hair from your eyes. I never tried that before. 
I'd never tried it. I always projected because I played live so much before ever getting in the studio. I was always used to having to project and singing to the back of the room. And it was completely revolutionary. It wasn't sounding very good. And he just went, try singing as quietly as you possibly can. And it completely changed the way that I now approach singing. Paul's funny on it as well because he was just unbelievably relaxed. He was like, yeah, the demo vocal's pretty good, man. <laughs> I was like, when are we going to do the real ones? She says the Lord has a plan But admits it's pretty hard to understand And then the chorus I did in New York Before you leave You must know you are beloved There were two ways to go with that first chorus. One was to sing it out and proud and one was to bring it really intimate and quiet and down. We went back and forth so many times. And it's the vocal performance itself specifically that ended up being the reason why we ended up going as it is. It just lands. And Paul's advice was, you know, you don't have to do it another 50 times. If it lands, it lands. We recorded a lot around this Neumann microphone, which is effectively a head, like a crash test dummy head. It's a binaural microphone, and it just sounds like what you would hear if your head was in that position. And Paul encouraged us on this song to stand as the four of us around this head microphone and just play it. I played acoustic guitar. And Ben played keys. Winston put down the banjo. And Ted played bass. So that became the basis for this recording which is far more interesting than the demo that I brought, which now sounds very dull in comparison. I mean, no song is a Marvel and Sun song without going through everyone's hands. That process is invaluable to us. Before you leave, you must know you are beloved. And before you idea of someone departing that's where the genesis of the song came from and i think wherever a song starts it should stay with you in that way during the making of it that's kind of a beautiful and a painful thing at the same time and normally it's unspoken it's very un-english to talk about your emotions that kind of way so we tend not to obviously we were all very aware of what was going on personally for Marcus at the time, you know. But I actually felt like it was a love song. And in some ways, it is a love song still. Which I loved. That's what I wanted the song to be. And now, here's Beloved by Mumford & Sons in its entirety. Throned in white grandeur, but tired and shift a whisper of wayward silver hair from your eyes. I'd never seen you unkempt before as you wish. 
Visit songexploder.net for more information about Mumford & Sons, their producer Paul Epworth, and Yeba, the guest vocalist on Beloved. 
You'll also find a link to buy or stream this song. Song Exploder is brought to you by Progressive. Progressive helps you compare direct auto rates from a variety of companies so you can find a great one, even if it's not with them. Quote today at Progressive.com to find a rate that works with your budget. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Song Exploder was created by executive producer Rishi Kesh Hirway. This episode was produced and edited by Christian Coons. Carlos Lerma made the artwork, which you can see on the Song Exploder website. Special thanks to the folks at the HeadGum Podcast Network, who let Rishi record his interview with Mumford & Sons at the HeadGum Studio in downtown L.A. You can check out all of their podcasts, including Punch Up the Jam and Gilmore Guys, at headgum.com. Song Exploder is also part of a podcast network, Radiotopia from PRX, a collective of fiercely independent podcasts. You can learn about all of our shows at radiotopia.fm. You can also find Song Exploder on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Song Exploder. And you can find me at Tao Get Stay Down. My name is Tao Win. Thanks for listening. Radiotopia. From PRX. I'm excited to tell you about a brand new show from Radiotopia called The Recipe. It's hosted by J. Kenji Lopez-Alt and Deb Perlman. You might know Kenji from Serious Eats and all his incredible food wisdom. He's also the author of the cookbooks The Food Lab and The Walk, both of which are New York Times bestsellers. Deb is the creator of the extremely popular recipe website, Smitten Kitchen. She's a self-taught home cook and cookbook author. And on this new show, Deb and Kenji will do a deep dive into the techniques and ingredients behind some of the most popular go-to dishes. Look for the recipe wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes start February 26th.